0: In the wake of the Nashville shooting of Christian children by a transgender identifying killer, the White House is doubling down on its defense of transgenderism and is now insinuating that if you don't support transing the kids, you are actually guilty of killing kids.
1: I know that these political attacks can really take toll on people's mental health. So I wanna say directly to LGBTQI plus kids, you are loved just as you are just the way you are, and if you're feeling overwhelmed, you call 988, the National Crisis Hotline, and dial the number 3 to talk to a counselor who has been specifically trained to support LGBTQI plus kids. This is a new service that the Biden administration is proud to offer during these incredibly hard times for these trans kids.
0: The White House is telling young people to call them and then the liberals will give these young people their views on LGBTism and and tell the little boys that they're little girls and the little girls that they're little boys. But maybe it's got decent intentions, right? The White House, at least, is right to be concerned about the spike in the teen suicide rate. Teen suicide has jumped 29% over the past decade. Coincidentally, though, that is precisely the same period during which our culture and law began to affirm transgenderism. Also coincidentally, as the culture and law affirmed transgenderism, transgender identity among the youth skyrocketed. Young people, teenagers and young adults now identify as transgender at more than twice, almost three times the rate of all U.S. adults. And I know that correlation does not imply causation, but it does raise a question. Is it possible that all this transgender affirmation is having the opposite effect that we're told it does? Is it possible that transgender affirmation, far from alleviating depression and suicidality, is actually exacerbating those problems? The first rule of medicine is first to do no harm. If these two novel trends, transgenderism and teen suicide spikes, have been overlapping almost perfectly, is it possible that those two things might have something to do with one another? Is it possible? that the true cause of the spike in these particular deaths, the spike that liberals histrionically have been calling a genocide, is it possible that the driver of those deaths is not transphobia, but transgenderism itself? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. We've got a lot coming up. Huge news today. Jack Daniels has gone trans. Yes, on the heels of Bud Light going trans. Jack hasn't exactly gone trans. It's gone drag. But a lot of conservatives are complaining about this. I'm I'm not complaining, actually. I'm reserving my ire here. We'll get to why in just a moment. First, though, the Biden administration cannot win for losing. Everything that Joe Biden touches turns to ash, and even the liberal press is noticing it. On the, this was Thursday night, Thursday late afternoon, there was a a news dump, and the news dump was that the uh, Afghanistan withdrawal report is finally coming out. This is now long overdue, and even Ed O'Keefe at CBS News, not exactly a right-wing outlet, called out John Kirby over at the White House and said, wait a second. Why why are you dumping this report right before Good Friday, right before everyone's taking time off for Easter? This This is, you're obviously just trying to hide this. So, John, thank you for doing this, but I think I speak on behalf of my colleagues in this room, and we want the record to reflect. This was sent to us about 10 minutes before the briefing began, with little notice, and it's the very definition of a modern major holiday news dump. Releasing this uh, at the beginning of the high holidays and after months of requests from Republicans and the broader public. Um, so why today? And is this all we get? And is this a response to the studies that were done by the agencies? Or is this considered a summary? So good on Ed O'Keefe for calling him out like this. It obviously is a major holiday news dump. And why are they doing it? It's because the Afghanistan withdrawal was a complete debacle. It was tragic and a huge embarrassment for the Biden administration. And so the only option they've got is to sweep it under the rug. That is their best bet. There's no other way. Yes, it's embarrassing that they're being called out for for the holiday news dump, but it's less embarrassing than having to actually answer for this. The, the Biden foreign policy has been a complete disaster, and we, we've just heard about this from Russia. Russia is now saying that, that the US is in a hot war with Russia, not a cold war, not a new cold war, not a proxy war through Ukraine. Russia's saying we're in a hot war. They say, quote, I think we've already passed the period of Cold War. Now we are in the phase of a hot conflict with the United States. We are witnessing the direct involvement of that country in a hybrid war with Russia on various fronts. The way our American opponents are recklessly, provocatively, and in many respects, absolutely carelessly moving up the escalation ladder, the way they are blinded by their absolute, absolutely absurd certainty about their ability to inflict a strategic defeat on Russia makes one doubt their mental faculties and their common sense. I've told you before, I'll say it again, the best kind of propaganda is the kind that's true. And is this propaganda? Yes. And is it true? Yes, it is also. I am seriously doubting the mental faculties and common sense of my leaders here in the United States. Obviously, our president barely knows his own name, and you want to talk about their common sense, they don't know the difference between boys and girls and men and women. And as pertains to this issue, our sclerotic elite is sleepwalking us into World War III. Show me the lie here. Show me the lie that we're in an increasingly hot war with Russia. We are. Yeah, that's true. It's not a war that the American people seem very much to want, but it's a war that was forced upon us, and it's been building for a very long time. And it would be one thing if we had an agile, intelligent, serious elite that was running the country that was waging this war, but we don't. We have Joe Biden, who doesn't know what day it is. We've got Mark Milley, who wants to focus on white rage and critical race theory for his poor troops. We've got, we've, we've got the Admiral Levine, Assistant Secretary of Health, who says we need to trans the kids. We've got John Kirby over there, a spokesman who, who is trying to cover up all the failures of the Afghanistan withdrawal from the political class. It's just a complete joke. And by the way, we've got Vladimir Zelensky, the leader of Ukraine, who says that Joe Biden essentially caused the war. Because Joe Biden pulled the pressure off of Russia in the form of lifting those sanctions before he reinstituted the sanctions. And because Joe Biden literally invited Putin to invade part of Ukraine. He said, if it's only a minor incursion into Ukraine, then it won't be that big of a deal. And so what does Putin do? He invades Ukraine. And now what's happening? We're just escalating this war mindlessly and mindlessly. He's saying this is, this is, increasing by the day. And it is. Wars have started over a lot less. Hot wars have started over a lot less. I love to, the, the Russia points out, says the, the absurd certainty about America's ability to inflict a strategic defeat on Russia. It increasingly seems like an absurd certainty because we were told that those, those sanctions we were going to rally the whole world. We're going to impose those sanctions on Russia. It was going to destroy the US economy. And what happened? It basically boomeranged back on the United States and Europe, especially Europe but it hit back on the West. We didn't cripple Russia. We didn't end the war. It didn't work. I don't consider that a knock on the US, and I don't consider that something to be admired about Russia, but it's sure as hell a knock on our elite. These guys don't know what they're doing, and now we're trusting them to what? to talk us down from World War III? No way. They're going to get us into World War III if we're not in it already. And then do you trust them to wage World War III? I don't. I don't trust Joe Biden to go buy the right ice ice cream down the street. I don't trust him to do anything, and I don't trust his people to do anything either. You know who I trust? I trust you. We should talk about it. When you want to talk, you got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Knowles. Prices of essential goods are not coming down anytime soon. You need to start looking at ways to cut costs. One of the ways you can do that is by making the switch to Pure Talk. Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 per year. You can get the same coverage you're used to at half the rate you're currently paying. Not only will you save money, but you will also get the satisfaction of knowing you are supporting a great American company. The CEO and chairman of PureTalk Talk is a U.S. military veteran. When you become a Pure Talk customer you are given the option to support America's Warrior Partnership, which is an organization that works to prevent veteran suicide. With a range of affordable plans to choose from, you can find the perfect option for your needs. Get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just $30 a month with no contract. Switch over to Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes while keeping your phone and your phone number. Their U.S.-based customer service team makes the switch super easy. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, save 50%, percent five zero off your first month. That is puretalk.com, promo code Knowles. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Now, Biden is completely collapsing, and so there's someone in the wings waiting to take that Democrat nomination for president in 2024 away from him. That person would be Governor Bateman himself. The American Psycho of California, Governor Gavin Newsom. Governor Newsom is on a nationwide tour. Why is he on a nationwide tour? I don't know. He just decides he wants to see the country. You know, pack up the RV. Yeah, maybe. He's on a nationwide tour and just coincidentally happens to take him to Florida. And then he's speaking at New College of Florida. That is the college that DeSantis has gone after to impose a more serious curriculum onto. So you can't teach the crazy woke stuff anymore. So Gavin Newsom is taking his fight against what he calls authoritarian leaders to Ron DeSantis' backyard. And he's going to visit the new school because Ron DeSantis gutted the diversity office of the new school. And they're trying to have the new school teach kids things that are real. And DeSantis is there to stick it to, or rather, Newsom is there to stick it to Ron DeSantis. What does this tell us? It tells us a few things. One, tells us the word authoritarian doesn't mean anything, as I've said for a very long time. Authoritarian is just when your political opponents do something that you don't like. So that's authoritarian. You're wielding your political authority. Right. That's what politics is. It's about wielding authority. And when you wield your political authority, you say that's just and wonderful and open minded. And when your opponent wields this political authority, that's awful and authoritarian. So that's a meaningless word. The other thing that Newsom is showing us here is that he's running for president. Whether he's declared or not, he is at this moment running for president. He's setting the stage for a campaign. But the third thing he's showing us is he's not running for president against Joe Biden, and he's not running for president against Donald Trump. He's running against Ron DeSantis. This is the shadow campaign for president. The surface level campaign for president is Biden versus Trump. But the shadow campaign is Newsom versus DeSantis. Newsom thinks that DeSantis is going to be the nominee. He's not taking the fight to Trump. He's taking it to DeSantis. And it could be. Biden and Donald Trump are relatively up there in age. Trump seems like a young, vibrant man. Biden does not. But they're still both a little bit long in the tooth. And the libs are trying to lock up Trump in three different places. (laughs) They'll try to get him in New York. They'll try to get him in D.C. They'll try to get him in Georgia. And so this is the shadow campaign. And we're still so far out that it could happen. So, Newsom, he's running against authoritarianism. Now, speaking of Newsom and authoritarianism, he's got a bill that he's pushing in California. The bill would upend the tradition of locally controlled schools. So, what the bill would say is that local school districts do not have the right to kick the woke stuff out of their curricula. The local school districts can't do that because the state is going to usurp that power, and the state, the state of California, is going to enforce woke lessons, critical race theory, the weird sex stuff, all of it in the curricula. This is as anti-freedom as it gets. This is as authoritarian, whatever that means, as it gets. But what the liberals would say is, no, 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 we're, we're defending freedom. We're defending the freedom to trans the kids. And what the conservatives would say is, no, no, we're defending the political freedom of local communities and taxpayers and parents to set the curricula in their schools and the way that their kids are raised. But they're both conceptions of freedom. Everybody thinks he's fighting for freedom. Every single person. Communists think they're fighting for freedom. Totalitarians think they're fighting for freedom. Libertarians, conservatives, traditional, everybody thinks they're fighting for freedom. Freedom is contingent on one's understanding of the good. That's what it's all about. And that's why I think a lot of the political debates over freedom, no, you're anti-freedom. No, I'm pro-freedom. You're an authoritarian, all that stuff. It's just silly. It it, it misses the point. Because what freedom means is contingent on how one conceives of the good. That's why political debates ultimately have to come down to questions of virtue. They ultimately have to come down to questions of what is good, what is bad, Who are we? Why are we here? What are we after? What's the point of human life? What do we worship? What do we serve? That's what it comes down to. And the liberal conception of freedom is not liberty. Traditionally understood. The liberal conception of freedom is licentiousness. It's the freedom to do weird sex stuff. It's the freedom to do drugs. It's the freedom to loaf around. It's the the freedom to daydream and have delusions. And the right-wing conception of freedom is the freedom to do what we ought to do, and the freedom to have a thriving political community, and the freedom to make decisions about how your community is going to run through self-government, through school boards, through setting curricula. That's that's the right-wing. There, it's there are two di- totally different conceptions of freedom. One of them happens to be a correct sense of freedom, but but they're they're all going to claim that, and so. In, enough about the piffle of, well, you're illiberal. No, you're illiberal. No, you're authoritarian. No, it's just what is good? What do we want to do? How do we get along together? How do we do good and avoid evil? The basic charge of any society and of any individual. Now, speaking of changing conceptions of the good, Disney. Disney, they did it again. Disney is changing the lyrics to The Little Mermaid, specifically the song Kiss the Girl. Now, I have not seen The Little Mermaid. Since I was about five years old, I don't remember anything about it really, and I've never read the Hans Christian Andersen book. So I, all I remember really is that song. You got to kiss the girl. I I don't even really remember how the tune goes. Go on and kiss the girl. You know that song. So that's the song they're going to change. And why? You know why they're going to change it. You're not allowed to just kiss a girl anymore. You're practically a rapist if you if you kiss a girl. If you like a girl and you're kind of flirting with each other and then you lean in, you know, and have a little, have a little smooch, well, that's, you're not allowed to do that. You need to get written and notarized letter of consent from her, witnessed by three different people, signed off on by a judge. That's the only, then maybe you can consider sending her a telegram to ask if she might be willing to kiss you. What are the lyrics? These are the lyrics they're going to change. Yes, you want her. Look at her. You know you do. Possible she wants you to. There is one way to ask her. It don't take a word, not a single word, go on and kiss the girl. This is this is an even sillier version of the left-wing temper tantrums over Baby, it's cold outside. They say, oh, it's not consensual, it's rapey, it's coercive, it's no, it's romantic. It's romantic to go up and you're go up and you're flirting with the girl and you both kind of like each other and you both kind of lean in a little bit. And then what are you doing? You know? Smooch. And she, like, oh, she likes to kiss you. Or you know what? Maybe she doesn't like you to kiss her and so she turns her head away. And that smooch lands on the cheek and you got rejected. Okay. All right. There you go. At least you tried to kiss the girl. The libs have lost a sense of romance. They do, that's why they don't get kiss the girl. That's why they don't get Maybe it's cold outside. The whole point of maybe it's cold outside is like, oh, I really shouldn't stay, but maybe it's cold outside. All right. Well, maybe. Okay. I'll just stay for a little bit, I guess. (laughs) It's a little game of seduction. It's a game of flirtation. It's, it's the, the woman, because she has an ideal of modesty, she wants to stay with the guy, but she knows that she ought to be modest. And so there's a, there's a dance that's taking place there. And there's a much more innocent version of that even taking place in the Disney song. But the libs have lost that because they've lost the conception of the difference between men and women. For the libs, everybody's the same. For the libs, everybody's just, we're all just kind of blobs. We're all sexless blobs. And so you got to, tr- this started with feminism, but you that means you, you can't treat male-female reactions as something special and fun and coquettish. And, no, no, no. It's just, we're all just blobs. So you you should treat your Romantic partner in the same way you treat your accountant. It's completely ridiculous. And, and you see the, the height of this uh, in yesterday's great international holiday. It was International Asexuality Day. Did you know that asexuality, which literally means you're just not sexual. Uh, but then I saw a meme going around. They're all ex- these explainer memes from the sexual revolution. And this one, it said, asexual myths. Here are the myths. All asexuals hate and don't want sex. And the correction is not all asexuals feel this way. Okay. Uh, myth, asexuals don't want to be in relationships. Response, many do with or without sex. So not even just without sex, with or with that. Asexuality is a choice. Someone says, no, you're thinking of celibacy or abstinence. We can't stop being asexual, but asexual means, what does it mean? It means you either like sex or you don't like sex. And you do want to be in a relationship or you don't want to be in a relationship. And if you are in a relationship, it's either with sex or without sex. And that's asexuality. Uh, No, that's just anything. That's just just every option. So on Asexuality Day, we celebrate everything. But it's supposed to be really niche and special. And the problem that the libs are running into and the reason that there are a gazillion genders and the reason that we can't pin down the meaning of any particular concept anymore is because if everything means everything, then nothing means anything. If everything means everything, then nothing means anything. If anybody can be a woman, then woman doesn't mean anything. If anybody can be an American, American doesn't mean anything. If anybody can be asexual, then asexual, asexual actually does not not mean anything. Now, speaking of matters of the boudoir, I would strongly recommend you check out Helix Sleep. Right now, go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. After a long day at work, why are you sacrificing a good night's sleep with a terrible mattress? You need to check out Helix Mattress. Helix is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, even a mattress made just for kids. I've had my Helix mattress for almost three years now. I absolutely adore it. You're nervous about buying a mattress online? Okay, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. Because why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? Get out of my mattress. I'm a married man. Go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles. Take the two-minute quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come right to your door for free. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. But you totally will love it. Helix is offering... 20% 20% off all mattress orders, and two free pillows for our listeners. Hurry over to helixsleep.com slash With Helix, better sleep starts now. My favorite comment yesterday is from ASMR Conservative, who says, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. An alternate definition is Democrat. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of an on-the-nose joke. It's just like, boom, owned Democrats, owned you libs. But you make a good point. Why is it that the libs are screwing up everything? Why is it that the libs are causing internal affairs to collapse, foreign affairs to collapse? Their, their policies and their ideologies are driving up rates of depression and anxiety and suicide. Why is it that, why is it that the libs are failing on every front? Well, it's because they have the wrong idea. It's because they view the world in a way that's wrong. And so actually that's to be expected. What would be weirder is if they were right about some things, but wrong about other things, if they were good at certain things and bad at other things. That I wouldn't know how to make sense of. But the fact that they're just terrible at everything, and that everything the Biden administration touches turns to ash, that makes sense to me. Because he's wrong. His view of the world is just fundamentally wrong. And I don't even think he has a view of the world, but but his political party and the political movement he's part of, where the winds are blowing they're just wrong about everything. They're wrong about the nature of man. They're wrong about uh, the purpose of life on earth. They're wrong about what the nation is. They're wrong about babies. They're wrong about foreign policy. They're just wrong. So if they're wrong, then everything is going to fall apart, and they're going to keep doing the same thing and hope to get a different result, which is not a very wise thing to do. Now, we have got some really big breaking news. The really big breaking news, of course, is that Jack Daniels has gone drag. Uh, This right after Bud Light was caught sponsoring a transvestite, Dylan Mulvaney. A lot of pushback against this. Well, Jack Daniels a while ago, I guess, sponsored this drag campaign. People have dug that up, and now they're giving Jack the old Bud Light treatment.
1: Listen, people, we have a party to plan and we need to go get some decorations. <laughs> and yeah. so we need to get this going, honey. We're expecting people. My gosh, she looks so stunning, and every yeah, single one of us dresses.
0: to the boys. We gotta, get. This
2: to
1: is the
0: this we is gotta get some Jack, Jack Daniels fire. This is the party
1: Lynchburg has ever seen. Mm. Happy Pride! Happy Pride! Yeah. Yeah. Isn't Lynchburg a dry county? Let's, Let's go, Mark. We should make a Jackfire cranberry. Yes, we should!
0: Yeah, Jackfire cranberry. <laughs> Fill a low-ball glass with ice. You have one and a half ounces of Jack Fire and four ounces of cranberry juice.
1: We invited all of Lynchburg, so I wonder who's going to show up. Well, let's see who shows who's up. Oh! Good. <laughs> oh girl.
0: How y'all doing? Yeah. All right, you get the idea. It goes on for a little while. Now, everyone's criticizing Jack Daniels, especially on the right. I, however, don't have a huge problem with this. I don't have a huge problem. I have a huge problem with Bud Light. I have less of a huge problem with this because it's not that Jack is advertising their regular Jack Daniels here. It's not good old number seven, okay? It's not that Jack is advertising their Gentleman Jack, their higher-end whiskey. You saw it. The specific product that they are advertising here is Jack Fire. It's their ripoff of Fireball cinnamon-flavored whiskey. And 100% of the people who drink Jack Fire are at least homosexuals, at least. They might be trans, they might be drag queens. They might, it's, a not, it's, not a bev- it's not a heterosexual beverage. I don't even think women really drink it. I think if women are going to drink, take a shot of one of these kind of frou-frou cinnamon things, they'll probably just drink Fireball. Jack has that bite to it. It's more of a man's drink albeit a man who's a little bit light in his lynchburg loafers. So in this case you have Jack Daniel's marketing a foppish drink to a foppish crowd of people. All right. That's fair enough, right? That's not that doesn't offend me. What what offends me is when Bud Light markets a drink that is only consumed by frat stars and construction workers and dudes at baseball games and markets that to transvestites who actually claim to be women and who, who dance around and make awful caricatures of women all the time. That bugs me. That, that's a real finger in the eye of the customer base of Bud Light. But for Jack, that's okay. I don't mind. So as long as they don't do it to old number seven, I don't really, that's okay. That's fine. It fits. It fits. I don't mind when weird cultural movements or at least coherent or semi-coherent, what bothers me is when the LGBT gay Stapo just tries to colonize everything else. And they try to go in and take normal products, you know, sports bras from Nike and then put them on this dude and say, you know, just do it. No, I don't want to do that. I don't do that. Or when drag queens go in and they start jiggling for elementary school students. Drag queens, if you're going to have a drag queen show that belongs in a weird part of town in some weird kind of seedy cabaret late at night with a guy checking IDs at the door, if you're going to have it at all. It certainly doesn't belong in elementary schools. That's the real, that's the real issue here. Speaking of foppish fellows, turning to 2016 as well. The libs are having a meltdown. The libs are just so, so angry. They're addicted to Trump. They can't quit him. But they're so angry at him, they're scarred by him. Chris Hayes over on MSNBC, he's giving his analysis of what Republicans should be doing vis-a-vis Trump after having been scarred in 2016. There are lots of people who watch politics closely, who've got a lot of anxiety stemming from that 2016 election, and probably will for as long as they live. I know I will. Everywhere you look, the signs point to the fact that Donald Trump is incredibly unpopular with persuadable voters outside the Republican base. But everyone is so freaked out, so permanently scarred by 2016, that obvious truth is often obscured. And the truth is that Donald Trump, listen to me now, does not possess a magic power that turns political gravity upside down. He is an unlikable figure who lots of persuadable voters find repulsive. At some point, Republicans are going to have to face this reality. The guy's utterly toxic. As long as you keep supporting him, you're going to lose a lot of winnable elections. Donald Trump is so terrible and everyone hates him and you better not run him for president. says Chris Hayes, the big lib on the Big Lib Network. Don't do it, Republicans. Why won't you listen to me? Trump is terrible and he's awful and you're going to lose if you don't do what I say. Get rid of Trump. I hate him so much. I don't know. He's kind of convincing me that Trump's the guy. <laughs> if, if MSNBC, out of such concern for the Republican Party's electoral viability, MSNBC says, look, we're, we really have your best interests at heart, Republicans. I really, look, I want Republicans to win elections. I know I'm a lifelong Democrat and my whole network exists just to get Republicans out of elected life. But I'm, look, I'm taking a break from that. I'm really concerned for you. I'm just telling you, you, you'd be crazy to nominate that guy Trump. He's, he's a, so easy to beat. That guy is so easy to beat for president that we're trying to arrest him in three different locales in America to keep him from campaigning. Yo, because he, he's so easy. You know. You get him out there, and the more people see of Trump, the more they're going to hate his guts. That's why we're doing everything we can to shut him up and keep him off the campaign trail and ideally just put him behind bars. Does that make sense to you? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. And the, the permanent scarring, that's the key too. The key is that the political class, which is mostly liberal, but in, it includes some squishes in establishment Republican types. It was unthinkable to them that Trump could be elected. It was unthinkable. It was traumatizing to them because... The, the options for America, we've got the far left over here, we've got the center left over here, and the options were supposed to be between those two poles. And that was it. Well, and it's okay, and sometimes sometimes you get a Bush, and sometimes you get a Clinton, but, you know, it's, uh, well, and we'll complain about it, but, you know, those are the options. And then when you had someone come in and say, actually, no, you guys are wrong on trade, you're wrong on foreign policy, you're wrong on abortion, you're wrong on manufacturing— you're wrong on all of it. That was that that short-circuited the liberal class. I'm not saying Trump can win in 2024. They'll, they might just say, "Nope, we're not going to let you win." <laughs> even if even if 80% of the people vote for you, we're not going to let you win again. But it does show you the real threat that guy posed. How many years later are we? Seven years later, they still can't get this man out of their head. He haunts. Their dreams. We're coming up on almost one year since the release of my buddy Matt Walsh's groundbreaking documentary "What Is a Woman," which exposed radical gender ideology for what it is. You'd think this would be ample time for people to come up with an answer to the question. You would be wrong, as Matt discovered at the YAF Q and A in New Mexico just a few nights ago. Their answers to the question are still just as confusing and nonsensical. They don't—they don't have answers. I saw—I saw this clip from Matt. I said to Elise, "I said, didn't." shouldn't they have thought of an answer? The movie came out over a year ago. There's this great clip going around from Matt's speech where a self-identified trans woman, meaning a, a dude, attempted to answer that simple question. What is a woman? Here is what that person responded. Quote, a woman is somebody who is included and respected and seen and participates in society and recognized by other women. Uh uh-huh. Uh, What? Hmm? If you haven't seen What is a Woman or if you're on the left and somehow still find yourself confused by biology, I've got great news. You can now get 30% off your Daily Wire Plus membership when you use the code WOMAN. If you've already seen the film, then you understand how important it is. If you haven't or know someone who hasn't seen it, tell them to watch it. We need to start recruiting more people back to the side of truth and reality. To watch What is a Woman, join now dailywire.com slash subscribe and use code WOMAN to save 30% off your membership. And here we go, baby, my favorite time of the week when I get to hear from you in the mailbag. The mailbag is sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, enter code Knowles K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to get 50% off your first month. Take it away with the voicemail bag.
1: Hey, Michael. I'm a UMass Lowell student wondering how I should go about dating in college on a woke campus. By the way, you should totally come to this campus. It would be great. But back to the question, I have tried going to the Catholic groups. I've tried the churches. And the closest I had was a girl who quoted the serpent and then stalked me for like three months. (laughs) So that wasn't exactly the best experience. And I am still trying with little to no success. So I'm wondering what advice do you have? Thank you and good
0: day. I don't know that you can. I'm not saying don't try. I mean, college. There's a time and a place for everything, and that place is college, as some derelict people sometimes say. But when I was in college, I was still an atheist and uh, derelict, and you know, I I I wasn't dating to get married in college, uh, and so there were ample opportunities to you know meet lots of lovely gals. But the the culture when, when I was in college, which was now ten years ago, it was a hookup culture. It was unusual for people to date seriously. And it's, I don't think anyone even really liked that fact. They just, that's just what the culture was. And it's only gotten worse. I talk to kids on campuses all around the country and they say, oh yeah, we're in talking phases and you can't, you're not even really allowed to ask, are we dating? And are we serious? Are we going steady? Can I, can I put my pin on you? I don't know. Can we go up to Lover's Point and my old Chevrolet and neck? I'm just using lines from happy days at this point. So I don't know. I don't want to give you false hope. Now, I think you probably can. You're listening to this show, so you're obviously intelligent. You're obviously wise beyond your years. You're probably a good-looking man. Uh, So you can. I think a little bit of confidence is helpful because on the one hand, if you participate in the hookup culture, there will be an aspect of social proof that will convince other women to be attracted to you. That's how our (laughs) animalistic kind of psychology works. Uh, But if you're the strong, silent type who says, no, I don't want to get in, in, into that kind of nonsense. I want to do the real thing. That will attract a different kind of woman to you and a better woman, actually. So I would just be patient. I would just, and, and if you look around and say, wow, I'm in a degenerate hookup culture where the pickings are a little bit slim around here, that might just be the fact, okay? And you might have to wait Until after college to meet somebody, or outside of college to meet somebody, or you can do what I did and marry your high school sweetheart. Next question.
1: Hello, Smokey Mike. This is Julia, your number one fangirl. I really enjoyed your Purdue speech. I was lucky enough to go. And unfortunately, my friend was the guy who was yelling at you that aliens are demons. So mm. I'm sorry if he annoyed you. <laughs> my question is, what do you think of natural family planning? Mm. I know that the Catholic Church supports this, and it's obviously much better than contraception or abortion. But a lot of my friends who practice natural family planning don't seem as open to life as they ought to be as catholics. So, I was wondering your thoughts on natural family planning. Thanks.
0: Really great question. I'm still forming my thoughts on it actually. For for the non-catholics out there, natural family planning is a method of observing your one's men- menstrual cycle to observe naturally and scientifically when one is most likely to be fertile and so it can be used to encourage conception, and it can be used to figure out when you're not likely to conceive, and that's often how it's, it's used. Uh, but it, it is wrong. I've got my 1962 missile that says that it's wrong. It's a sin to intentionally abstain from the marital act on, on a day so that you don't have kids. Uh, it would be wrong to be closed off to life. But there are, there is the principle of double effect here. One, you... you might have a health condition that that uh, suggests that you know you would have uh, serious danger if you were to become pregnant at a certain time, so that would seem to be a good use of this. It doesn't use any artificial methods or establish the domination of technology over the origin and destiny of human life, which would you know would, which would be a bad thing uh, so the the Catholic Church says that some form of nFp is is fine and they don't ask my opinion on that, and you know it's it's above my pay grade. but I, I think your trepidation with it is important to keep in mind, which is that if you are using this as a way to be closed off to life, then you are probably abusing this uh, natural and scientific resource that's available to you. Next question.
2: Hi, Michael. love the show. I wanted to ask for your opinion about a family disagreement. I'm 26 and married with a nine-month-old. My brother is 23 and still living at home, going to school part-time but barely and doesn't have a job. He lived on his own for about six months and didn't hold a job or go to school for that time. He recently begged to move back home, likely after not enjoying paying rent. Anyway, we had a falling out recently after years of a not great relationship, but my brother refuses to acknowledge or apologize for any of his past mistakes, including threatening to sue me and threatening to call the FBI on me for totally preposterous reasons. Our parents are unhappy about our tiff and told me if I don't apologize and smooth it over, he likely never will. They likely see how this will impact their ability to have our son or future children to their home, and my son's first birthday is coming up. It seems they think I'm being the unforgiving older sister. From a biblical perspective, I believe I can forgive him, but that restoration and reconciliation come from repentance, which is what's missing. What would be your perspective on how to approach this family drama? Thanks.
0: Oh, brilliantly stated, and you, you don't need me to help you understand this. You've got a very clear view yourself, and a, and a good view. Sorry to hear you going through that. You you want to be forgiving, and you want to apologize for anything that you've done wrong. It sounds like your brother's a complete lunatic, and some people have lunatics in their family. Uh, so you could apologize for something you did wrong if you did anything wrong here, but you shouldn't apologize if you didn't do anything wrong. That would be lying. Now, what would I do if I wanted to keep the peace and it seems like your family your parents don't think he's moving out anytime soon? What would I do if I wanted to keep the peace? I would probably probably say, "Hey, bro, you know if I did anything wrong, sorry, I ate your cookie that one time <laughs> sorry, I borrowed your Walkman or I don't know I'm really dating myself with my references today um, and then I would say, you know we we're, we're going to come over for my kid's first birthday party, and uh, you know that's just the way it is so look forward to seeing you, pal. And he can whine and cry and complain about it or do whatever. He's obviously not a stable person. Um, but you, you can't control that. That's totally out of your control. And, so, and if your parents say, well, we're not going to let you come over because your brother is a nut, well, you can't control that either. All you can do is act in a way that is charitable, which I think you're doing, and forgiving, which you said you will do, but also prudent you know, and not dishonest. You don't want to, you don't want to apologize for something you didn't do. And you don't want to open yourself up to an involvement in his degeneracy and his, his bizarre and harmful behaviors. So I I would be prudent about that too. And, you know, if your parents won't let you over to the house because their new, their new border is a little crazy, then I guess they've got to come to your apartment or house for, for your kid's birthday. Next question.
1: Hello, Michael Knowles. This is J.P. Ashbourne speaking. Um, I'm going to try and keep this quick and keep it concise. Um, So here we go. So when I cast my eyes upon the world, I notice that my heart just seethes with anger. (laughs) The good are killed and the wicked live. The innocent are punished and prosecuted, while the guilty gain even more power and control. Sin is publicly celebrated, encouraged, and deemed as righteous but what is truly righteous is shunned, banished, and exiled from public life. This torrent of anger is wholly natural to me, and it comes, you know, regardless of my choice. My question is, as a fellow Christian, what is your advice on how I can mitigate such natural feelings? Because they're not good. They don't feel good. So. so, thank you for
0: everything you do. God bless. You got to look in the mirror. That's the problem because you're you're seeing the world correctly, but you're not seeing yourself correctly. I suspect. I suspect that you are not perfect. Maybe you are. I don't know. But if you're anything like me, you're not perfect. And so it's very easy to see the sins of others and all the problems of the world and you know pull your hair out about it. But look at yourself in the mirror. Look at your own infirmities. I think what you're struggling with is a little bit of wrath, certainly. But it's pride. Pride is the queen of all sins. And you think, this is outrageous, and I don't deserve this, and I deserve better than this crappy world, and if only everyone were like me. you know. But no, you, you look around and you say, gosh, look at how, look at what a jerk I am. Look at how fallen I am. Hmm. And the way we get the world is just a bunch of me's running around, and then it's a fallen world. So you kind of look around and you say, there but for the grace of God go I if someone's really in a bad place. And uh, then you you put your hope in the life of the world to come. And you, through acts of charity and works of mercy, try to improve the world around you. But I would look around this f- very fallen world and say, how can I help? What can I do? And how can I stop contributing to all the bad stuff going on? That's what I would, I would do first. Ter- ver- usually when people are dealing with pride, I say, stop looking at the mirror, look out the window. But with you, with this manifestation of pride, which is the deadliest sin and which we all need to guard against, I would say, stop looking out the window, start looking at the mirror. Okay, let's get to a question from Ricardo. Ricardo says, hey Mike, short but so sweet, not so sweet question. How do you answer someone that claims gender and sex are separate concepts? Obviously, the easy answer is to say they've always been the same, but that doesn't seem to work anymore because they'll Times are changing. Thanks for your input. Well, I think they are separate concepts. It's true that the way the gender ideology works is that really over the last 50, 60 years, they've diverged and the libs have used this to deny biological reality. There was some precedent for this. I believe gender was used to refer to sex as a synonym for sex as early as the 16th century. But gender expression certainly is distinct from sex, just by definition. Your sex is your biology, derives from your biology. And then your gender expression is your performance of that. And that's why there are effeminate men and there are butch chicks. And that's all true. Uh, And what the libs conclude from this is that If you wish for your gender expression to be very different from your sex, then you should ignore your sex and pursue your gender expression. But I don't see why that's the conclusion. I think it should be the opposite conclusion. You know your sex. You know that for sure. And that sex is immutable. So if you have some fancy about your gender expression that is outside of normal limits of deviation, then you should rein that in. Because you have not a right to deny the reality of your sex. You actually have an obligation to bring your gender expression into line with your sex. That's what I do. Give them the premise. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's tomboys. There's guys who are a little bit fay. Yeah, sure. But your sex is real and unchangeable. Your gender expression is quite changeable, obviously. And so When those run into conflict, change the thing that can actually be changed. The rest of the show continues now. You do not want to miss it. Become a member and use code NOLS, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.